0: Up next is Pete's Ponderings on RCR, reality check radio. Pete's Ponderings is a selection of Pete's candid commentary on everyday issues for Kiwis, taken from his show, Afternoons. Listen to the live broadcast of Peter Williams' afternoon show at 1pm Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, right here on RCR, reality check radio.
1: This is the Peter Williams Afternoon Show on Reality Check Radio. I was I was very keen to go to the stop co-governance meeting up the road from where I live uh, in Wanaka last night, only because I wanted to hear what this guy Julian Batchelor has to say, which is apparently so offensive to so many people, like the central Otago mayor, Tim Cadigan, who says he left the meeting at Lowburn near Cromwell a couple of days ago, feeling ill because of the poison being peddled by Julian Bachelor. And that is a direct quote from Tim Cadigan. Uh, I'm in Omaru today, so I couldn't be in Wanaka last night, but I had an eyewitness report from a friend who was there. Uh, she says about 80 people showed up. There was some minor interruption, but generally the three-hour meeting was peaceful and uneventful. Uh, one heckler tried to ask questions and interject before the allotted time for questions. He was removed. Two others apparently went out in sympathy with him. My eyewitness there reckoned all the audience were over the age of 50 uh, which is what happens at public meetings anyway. I imagine all of them were Pākehā too, but that's Wanaka for you it's white, it's old and it's expensive. My friend says there were some minor protests outside at the start of the meeting but they faded away and she said Julian Batchelor explained his ideas about the treaty in a clear and concise way and he reckoned that if the so-called Littlewood Treaty, which is held in the archives in Wellington, was made publicly available, much of the argument about interpretations of the treaty would end. But that version, which is claimed, as I say, to be the original English version of the treaty, written on the 4th of February, 1840, uh, was discovered again only in 1989. It's seldom considered by modern-day treaty scholars. Anyway, the meeting in Wanaka went ahead, mainly without incident, as I say. The important thing is, though, is that the right of free speech was exercised by Julian Batchelor and by the people who went. Nobody was hurt, ideas were exchanged. And isn't that what a free and liberal democracy? Is all about? Well, name suppression is back in the news this week. Uh, there's been one great decision and one awful one, one outrageous one. James Wallace, as we know, was outed as the rich lister who molested young men at his swanky house overlooking the Auckland motorway, while a man described as being a former member of a high profile New Zealand charitable organisation will have his name suppressed permanently after being found with images of children being sexually abused. Now I get really hot about name suppression. Rolf Harris and Harvey Weinstein never had it. The British DJ uh, Dave Lee Travers never had it either. He was found not guilty. Kevin Spacey doesn't have it either, as he goes on trial in England at the moment. I think in this country we are way too cosy with name suppression. James Wallace fought a losing battle for five years. He could afford to. This guy in Wellington is a convicted kiddie pervert. He had nine hundred images and videos on three separate devices. I mean, frankly, he's a sicko. Although. He He now says he's cured and he's remorseful and all that. Well, many other convicted criminals are remorseful too. Getting home detention for these crimes is bad enough, but his lawyer said there was a risk of him committing suicide if he was publicly named. So he gets his name suppressed forever. I think that the judge, in this case, Joe Riley, has been way, way too soft on him. She says public interest is a controversial principle. Uh, No, it's not. It's the very basis of open justice. People convicted of crimes like this should be named and shamed. Frankly, it's part of the punishment. You're
0: listening to Pete's Ponderings on RCR. Reality Check Radio.
1: Well, hot on the heels of the $128 million bailout for our universities this week comes the World University Rankings and the rather, I think, depressing news that New Zealand universities on a world scale are not that good. Now, you make what you want of world rankings, and the criteria for ranking them is uh, intriguing to say the least. The company doing the rankings has analysed, they say, 17 million academic papers and the expert opinions of over 240,000 lecturers and professors from all around the world to rank about 1500 universities around the globe and then there are things like research networks and of course sustainability brought in as factors as well New Zealand's best is Auckland University 68th in the world the worst is AUT at 407th but just across the Tasman by way of comparison there are a few Very worrying comparisons. They have six universities ahead of New Zealand's best. Auckland is the only New Zealand university in the top 200. Australia have 15. Now when the numbers came out earlier this week, much was made of the improvements the New Zealand universities have made with uh, Waikato jumping, what, 81 places to number 250. But the numbers, frankly, are really stark compared to our nearest neighbour. If you're a school leaver and you have the resources, why not try your luck in Australia or even in the US, which has got seven of the world's top ten universities? Those rankings are a very sombre reminder that a lack of funding and falling student numbers are not the only issues facing our places of higher learning but then it stands to reason that those issues are directly reflected in the world rankings aren't they
0: our text machine is now live send us your thoughts by texting your message to 2057 that's 2057 so get in touch with us now
1: Now, to matters political. Another day, another week, another cabinet minister. This time, Currie-Allen was not away for long as she concentrated on her mental health and well-being. Uh, There were two issues at play here. Uh, She shouts and she bullies at her staff. Understandably, they don't like it, so they complain. And those complaints, it would appear, are becoming more and more numerous. And then there was that personal issue, which she fronted up to, and we can understand why she had some mental health problems with a breakup in a relationship. But the bullying and the shouting and the arrogance that those behaviours imply make you wonder if this woman is really fit to be a high-ranking cabinet minister. And when you consider that in the time of this Labour-led government, the former minister Mecca Whaiteri was stood down for hitting one of her staff. The former MP, Gaurav Sharma, accused the Labour whips of bullying him, but he never had any evidence, so he had to leave his job. And then the MP from the Hawke's Bay Area And a lock also had some serious staff relationship issues. You have a pattern beginning to emerge here, don't you? It's the last thing that Chris Hipkins needs, quite frankly, as he struts around the world stage, or at least on the China stage. But surely he must have known in his heart of hearts that with his luck, uh, there was bound to be a meltdown of some sort somewhere in his cabinets while he was away meeting the important men in China. And his cabinet did not let him down, did they? Well, I guess you're all looking forward to tomorrow, aren't you? The 1st of July will be past the halfway point of the year and the cost of living is set to skyrocket even more. Want to know why? Well, of course, the taxes on the petrol mean that petrol is going to be up 29 cents a litre and road user charges for those of us with diesel vehicles are increasing 56%. Now, as virtually everything we consume in this country is carried by road, uh, those big jump in the fuel prices and the rucks, has to go back on the consumer, which means that food, already up by a double digit amount in the past 12 months, is not likely to come down anytime soon. The government made what I think was a very sensible move last year when they dropped some of the tax on the fuel to help ease the cost of living burden. You would think that in this time of what seems like rampant grocery price inflation, the least the government would do, could do, is to keep the tax off until after the election. But maybe, maybe they've just given up in that respect. Maybe they just think, well, let the other lot deal with the issues after we lose in October. And as the price of fuel goes up, this dopey public transport policy allowing under 25s to go half price kicks in. Why under 25s? Well, I don't know. In anyway, there is no way of telling who is of the age anyway until some snapper card technology is fixed. It's all a hodgepodge of policy which is going to cost consumers plenty and actually in the end deliver bugger all benefits. Our text machine is
0: now live. Send us your thoughts by texting your message to 2057. That's 2057. So get
1: in touch with us now. Now I love British newspapers especially some of the columns and the columnists. Uh, The language, the wit, the razor-like observations on various issues make me wish I could write like that. And there's an absolute doozy in the Daily Telegraph this week about how Netflix and Spotify have discovered that Harry and Meghan are actually pretty useless talent for documentaries and podcasts. So they've dropped them or they're about to drop them. And in an absolutely stinging column, the writer Alison Pearson are back their idea of becoming stars, talking about themselves and being paid vast sums for it. Alison Pearson writes, quote, She and her husband would trade on their royal fabulousness. All those Hollywood types who had remained oddly immune to Meghan Markle's charms when she was just a wannabe actress or the deal or no deal suitcase girl could now genuflect before her title and she would savour that. Unquote. don't you just love the the sarcasm but of course it's all fallen apart now uh, ellison pearson finishes by writing quote they now stand cruelly exposed as work shy and entitled allegations of racism and tantrum flouncing won't rescue the situation in the u.s the shark sent blood ginge and the whinge are in trouble So it appears the deals are off. Uh, The Harry and Meghan industry has failed because, well, nobody really cared. And frankly, who's surprised? You know, I feel sorry for Harry. She was an absolute schemer. He was mesmerised. Frankly, he didn't think it through. I just hope that he can cope with his rather vacant life ahead.
0: You're listening to Pete's Ponderings on RCR. Reality Check
1: Radio. Thank you for your company this afternoon. Enjoy your weekend correspondence to inbox at realitycheck.radio or you can text me at 2057. I hope in particular you enjoyed Casey Costello. I look forward to talking with you again Monday afternoon. This is the Peter Williams Afternoon Show on Reality Check Radio. Bye for now.
0: You've been listening to Pete's Ponderings on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Remember, you can catch Pete's full show combining smooth sounds and candid commentary on everyday issues for Kiwis and the Peter Williams Afternoon Show on our live broadcasts, 1 p.m. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, right here on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Our text machine is now live. Send us your thoughts by texting your message to 2057. That's 2057. So get in touch with us now.